This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Lovers, pet friends, this is Michelle Fern, your host on Best Bets for Pets. Usually, Best Bets for Pets, we talk about a specific product, types of products, books, so forth. But this show is going to be a little different. We're going to talk about your veterinarians. More specifically, how do you go about choosing a veterinarian? What are some tips? And we're going to talk with Dr. Dana Varble. She is the Chief Veterinary Officer for the NAVC, which is the North American Veterinary Community. And she has a lot of great advice. And then we're gonna hear some fun and crazy things that Dr. Dana has seen in her practice. So stay tuned, we're gonna be right back. Hey guys, Michelle Byrne here. I wanna tell you about Carlson Pet Products. They're a family owned, budget conscious company specializing in creating pet safety products to keep your pet happily protected from puppy through senior years. They have some great products, pet pans, folded elevated beds, crates, and pet gates. Their pet gates fit any size opening in your home. Most gates have a walk-through door for humans and a small door for your pet to go through. I've had a Carlson pet gate in my home for years and absolutely love it. And best of all, you're going to get 25% off and free shipping. Just visit carlsonpetproducts.com and again, you'll get 25% off your order plus free shipping with the promo code PETLIFE. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to welcome Dr. Dana Farble, the Chief Veterinary Officer for NABC. Welcome, Dr. Dana. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me today. I'm so excited to have you. You know, I thought it'd be really great to have a show on how to choose a veterinarian because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's all kinds of reasons you need to change vets or maybe just get a vet, you know, initially you move, your veterinarian moves, you know, something happens within their, you know, office dynamics. So it doesn't work for you anymore. There's so many reasons. And I've heard over and over again, referrals are the best. But what do you do when you don't have one? Yeah, it's always a little bit challenging, right? Because picking a vet is sort of like, it's like picking a doctor or a dentist. You don't know, you know, you don't always know what's going to happen when you go in. I can understand it's very nerve wracking. So sometimes it is really hard. And just to pick someone, you know, we used to say from the phone book, but now I'd say from a website or from a Google search, it's not always the easiest thing to do. No, and not all reviews can be like, what's that phrase, on the money or accurate? Because sometimes somebody will complain and they're complaining because they had to wait a long time. Well, that could have been that day or that week or who knows, but that doesn't have anything to do with the veterinarian or the office or the, you know, the vet techs or anything like that. Yeah, I'm not a, a, you know, I'm not a big fan of online reviews because, and I'll share another reason with you, Michelle, is you don't really know much about the people putting those reviews in. Are they like you? Do they treat their pets the same way? Do they have the same values or have the same needs as you and your pets? You just don't know. Oh, that's so smart. You never know. You know, right. 
and they could be fake reviews, which I don't think could be that way, but they could be. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Sadly, that happens to more and more businesses nowadays. So I'd like to share a story yeah. about when I had a change of vet. And then I want to hear some more about what you have to say with um, Chu Jin's vet. I loved my vet. And even when I moved, I would drive across town and maybe 30 minute drive. And, you know, I live in South Florida. It's hot all the time. So I don't love a long drive when I had Mr. Zeus. He's long hair. He's older, getting older. But I loved the vet. Then the vet moved. Oh, no. I had no idea the vet moved. And I thought, oh, geez. And you know, when you have a dog it's like 12-ish or so, mm-hmm. they, they have things come up all the time to see the vet. They do, yeah. So, I was devastated and I thought, okay, well, let me find a vet closer. At least I don't have to make the long drive. And more so because even if you always have AC on the car in South Florida, but even with that, it's still, it's still hot. It's still hot. I think, you know, even with the AC blasting and all of that. So I thought I'll find a vet closer. So I did what you said, you know, what you suggested is, as not the best thing. I looked up reviews and that kind of thing. I thought I read even between the lines of reviews and I went to this veterinary office and I went to the appointment and it was a young vet. And I don't by any means mean to be biased toward young vets, but, and I'm sure she was probably a great veterinarian, but for me, it didn't jive. Yeah. She barely looked at Zeus. She barely looked at my dog. She said, okay, we're getting this shot. And it was really a routine, you know, we're getting yeah. this shot, this shot, this shot. Okay. And then she came back. This is the amount. Okay. It, I felt like I was <laughs> dealing with a robot. And <laughs> oh, you I, didn't make a I, connection. Yeah. I left and I thought, what did I do? Oh my gosh. And mm-hmm. so what I did was I called my old veterinary office and it happens to be, I use VCA and they're mm-hmm. all like, I guess it's like a franchise or it's a big corporate van. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're just because it's not a private individual owned veterinarian doesn't mean it's bad. Correct. And so I called her and I said, and I spoke to the office manager and they knew me so well from Zeus, from Dennis. Mm-hmm. From, I've had been going to them for um, from my old dog that passed away. I've been going to them for 14 years. I said, what do I do? What do I do? I can't stand this vet. I don't know what to do. And this and this. And she said, you know what? There's a vet near you and everybody likes him. And his name's Dr. Willie. And he's in a VCA not too far from you. Go see him. Check him out. See if you like mm-hmm. him. And happy, happy, you know, Yeah, Dr. Willie was personable. He was, you know, he got on the floor. He didn't care about hair on him, you know, or anything <laughs> like that. And it was great. And it's been great since. But Good. I think I got really lucky. You know? Yeah, it is. You know, and it's a, t- it's a hard thing because like you said, the magic thing, that vet may have been great, but they didn't make a connection with you. And all of us are individuals, right? So, you know, I know as a veterinarian that there are just certain people that we're not going to connect. Um, and it might be personalities. It might be the way I communicate. It might be the way they communicate. And we can't always, you know, we're very, <laughs> veterinarians take everything personally, but I've started to realize there are just some people in the world that, I might be a great vet, but maybe I'm not the best vet for them. You know, of course, it's sort of a bummer to me, but that's life. That's why there are thousands of us and we all communicate in different ways and have different values. So, you know, you did exactly what I tell people, Michelle, though, which is great to hear. You got a personal recommendation. And what I recommend to people, what I always say is, oh, how do you find a vet? How do you, you know, know they're going to be good? Well, 
reach out to folks that treat their pets or have the same values around their pets that you do, you know? So if you have a neighbor and you're like, oh my gosh, they take such good care of their dogs and we're always talking about our dogs and we're so similar. It's a good idea to ask that person, do you like your vet? Where do you go? What do you like about them? And I always say, you should ask more than, do you like them? <laughs> because a lot of people like people, but they like for, they like them for different reasons, right? So, you know, Michelle, you talked about, oh, you know, they were just so personable. They got down on the floor with my pet and they took their time and da, 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 da. Well, somebody else might be like, well, I really like my vet because it's really efficient. We're in and out and it's no big deal. And that might be perfect for them. They might just want a no-nonsense veterinarian that's going to get them what they need and get them on with their day. And that's fantastic. But Michelle, you're telling me you want someone who's going to take a little more time with your pets and get to know them a little bit better and do some other things. And so for you, you know, even though your neighbor might love their cat or love their dog the same way you do, they might have a different perception of what they want in a veterinarian. So I always say that's a great place to start because, wow, we all have different needs, right? Right. And that's a great way to put it. And mm -hmm. just to clarify, not only do I want a vet that is not afraid to get hair on his, <laughs> his or her clothes, but I also want a vet that will explain things to me. You yeah. Know, just say, here's the sheet. Here's what things cost. And that's how it is. And you're right. Some people might love that type of veterinarian. Yeah. I'm like that with doctor's offices too. You know how you go into a doctor's office mm -hmm. and no prices for anything? You never, yeah. regular for people, doctors, there's no prices. Okay, I'm the one who says, I want to know what this is going to cost me before I tell you to do it. Mm -hmm. So I know that if just, you know, I don't know, looking at a hair on my head is going to cost me, you know, $500 or not, you know, if there's, Sure. So I, I, yeah. I know things. And I love what you had to say, because the more you can get, you know, referrals and get information from people that treat their pets, like you treat your pets, the better it is. The other thing I always like to tell people too is, is, you know, you can go on websites and you could see kind of what services they offer. And sometimes that helps, right? Because if you're looking for something very specific, but you can also give them a quick call and just say, you know, hey, how long are your appointments? How long does it take to get an appointment typically? Do you do walk-ins? You know, find out what kind of things, how their, their office works a little bit and just say, you have thanks for your time today. I'll call you back when I decide to make an appointment. That's a really easy way to kind of get to a little bit of a feel for how things work too. What about any type of accreditations, like whether they're AHA accredited or anything like that? How important is that? Well, you know, it's a little bit of a mixed importance. I love AHA. They're a great group. So for those of you that don't know, that's the American Animal Hospital Association. And they have an accreditation program for hospitals. And I will say this, it is very vigorous. <laughs> I, wor I work, one of the hospitals I work at is, um, is AHA accredited. And it is, they are tough, but they should be, right? They want their accreditation to have value. So they're very specific about records, storage conditions, certain things in the facility. It goes way above what we would expect with like a normal inspection from the state or the veteran, the state veterinary board. It really goes above and beyond. And so it's certainly a credit to the hospital if they do it. But I will say this too, there are some great hospitals out there that just decide not to, and that's okay too. But I always say, if you go in a place and you, you know, whether it's, <laughs> we just had this happen, whether it's a vet hospital or a hotel, if you don't feel it's 
like as clean as you would expect or not as renovated or up to the standards that you would expect, you know, I certainly would say, you know, maybe that isn't what you value. And maybe you need to find some place that that does fit a little bit more with your personal values. Great, great advice. All right, we're going to take a short break and then stay tuned because this second half of the show, we're going to turn the tables and Dana's going to tell us some stories <laughs> of situations with pet parents where she said, mm-hmm. no, what were they thinking? How could they have done this? So stay tuned. We're going to be right back. Hey everyone, Michelle Fern here, your host on Best Bets for Pets and Catitude. Ben and Jerry's has frozen treats for dogs. I know Nikki is going to love this. He loves a frozen treat. They have two different flavors. One is Punch's Mix, which is peanut butter and pretzel. And the other one is Rosie's Batch, which is pumpkin and mini cookies. You know, I kind of like both of those flavors too, but my absolute favorite is fish food. Anything Ben and Jerry's is always fabulous because the quality is so good and their mixes are so delicious. Be sure to check out more about these frozen dog desserts as well as pictures of all the caniners at the Ben and Jerry's Vermont office at benjerry.com. That's B-E-N-J-E-R-R-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back, everybody. On the second half of the show, we're going to call it What Were They Thinking from the Vet's Point of View? And Dana, okay, before you share yours, I'm just <laughs> going to tell you a quick one, which I thought... Tell I me like, about it. I was like flabbergasted, just like I am right now. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. at my dentist this week and I, you know, knew how the show coming. And I said, so Dr. Willie, I want to ask you something. I go, have you had anything crazy lately, which made you think in your head, what in the world were they thinking? He thought for like, just like a minute or two, he said, oh yeah. He said, I'll, I have many, but I'll tell you the most recent. There was a lady that came in Mm-hmm. And her cat was was sick and puking and this and this and she didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. and the cat had some of those little um, soft nails on. They're like mm-hmm. like plastic that goes on the cat's nail, and they come with an adhesive. And the type of adhesive they come with are safe for cats. They're safe, you know, for them because they could pull them off. And this pet parent, the adhesive that she had with it was either not working or had solidified or something. So she decided to use Elmer's glue because it's safe (laughs) for kids. And so what do cats do, right? They try to pull things off, Off, mm -hmm. bite everything, whatever. The cat had probably pulled off four or six of them, was sick, puking. And, you know, luckily the vet was open during the day. She brought the cat in and, you know, they treated the cat. Luckily, it was just Elmer's glue. The cat was very sick, but it wasn't toxic. But Dr. Willie was, what in the world made this this pet parent (laughs) think that she could just substitute something that was going on the cat's nail? He was just like, who thinks that? It was Mm -hmm. was just not believe it. So that's mine. (laughs) You know what? Frankly, I've had those before. I wouldn't even attempt to do it because none of my cats would probably without clawing me to pieces. So, hey, I'll take some scratched up rugs and stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> All right, Dr. Dana, I cannot wait. Tell me some of your crazy <laughs> stories. 
Well, the one thing that comes to mind right off the bat is it's sort of similar in a way because I had someone get very, very creative with the bandage once. So this gentleman had an older dog and it had developed a cyst kind of on its size, on its rib cage. And it was just a cyst. So they were just watching it. They were, you know, it wasn't a tumor, it wasn't anything malignant. So they had made the decision with their veterinarian to just watch it. Well, of course, it was a weekend and the veterinarian was closed. And I'll be darned, but this cyst ruptured. Oh, no. <laughs> it was, you know, and I felt really bad because when that happens, if you've ever had a pet who've had even a benign cyst rupture, it's pretty messy. It doesn't smell good. It's there's discharge. So this poor gentleman called his vet as vet was closed. I was working at an emergency clinic at the time. He had just panicked though. (laughs) This poor guy, he was so stressed. So what did he do? He decided he was going to make a makeshift bandage at home and bring the dog into the emergency clinic. Well, okay, so you might think band-aids or gauze or anything like that. This poor poor gentleman, I don't know what he was thinking, but he grabbed the two probably most least likely things in the house to make a bandage. And you're probably thinking, well, paper towels. No, no, no. He grabbed a maxi pad and duct tape. (laughs) And he decided, so he put the maxi pad on the dog and duct taped it on. And I will give him this. It stayed on. But it was so much work for us at the emergency clinic to get duct tape off this poor dog. (laughs) I'm like, you know, you probably could have just skipped the bandage (laughs) and saved us all. (laughs) He had just, poor guy, he was just so worried about his dog. He had just panicked and that's what he grabbed. Oh my gosh. I mean, I guess I could see the maxi pad because it absorbs, but sure, (laughs) all around the dog to get that off. Oh my gosh. Now, luckily the dog was very nice and she was just an older dog who, you know, didn't mind (laughs) this whole procedure. It took us a little bit of mineral oil and we were able to like get the duct tape off without her getting too much hair or skin damage or anything like that. And she was a very good dog. And then we applied a proper bandage so that he could follow up to have the cyst removed with his regular veterinarian the following week. But poor guy, I just, your heart breaks for him because like it, but it was like everyone that saw the dog just started laughing because it was pretty obvious what he had done. When you think about it, all the doggy bandages you've ever seen always Mm -hmm. have that, you know, they're that stretchy kind of um, bandage Mm -hmm. that self-attaches to it. Yeah, That's the only type of bandage I've ever seen for pets. But, you know, there's the other school thought where people say, well, you could duct tape anything, (laughs) cars, you know, furniture. I mean, yes, this guy went duct taping your dog. Dog's okay too, uh, you know. Okay. Crazy. Any other? No. Oh, you know what? The other thing, and it's sometimes these show up on social media. So I would encourage your listeners, if they want to, they can like Google this or look it up on social media. But some people, especially again, when I worked emergency, but even sometimes on a regular basis, get really, really creative when it comes to pet carriers. Because especially for those pets that are, you know, indoor pets, cats especially, they don't, they're not like out and about and on the town. You know, most dogs have leashes and, you know, or, 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 you know, small dogs tend to have carriers or leashes or harnesses, but especially cats and a lot of my exotic mammal pets, people get really creative when it comes time to go to the vet because they can't find or they've lost the pet's carrier. 
And I have, let me tell you, sure. You see, you know, sometimes you see cardboard boxes or some other crazy things, but probably the funniest thing I ever saw, and it involves duct tape again, because that seems to be a collective go-to is one of my technicians walked back one day and it was again, on emergency. And I was sitting at my desk and I remember specifically, I happened to be looking at the door. I was sitting in a place where I could look at the door as, as they came from the front to the back. And she was just carrying in a hamper. <laughs> and I was like, oh, do we get a, a new hamper for laundry? She's like, no, no, we did not get a new hamper for laundry. And I was like, okay, why is she carrying a hamper? She's like, this is your next patient. <laughs> oh, and inside the hamper was just a cat just hanging out. You know, these, again, these people are just, they had lost the cat's carrier. It was an indoor cat. It didn't go, you know, went to the vet once a year. It was again, an emergency. And I, I apologize because I can't remember what the emergency was, but again, in all the rush and all the chaos, they couldn't locate the carrier. We're absolutely feeling super rushed and put the cat in the only thing they could think of in the house where the cat had air holes and could breathe, but be safe. And it was the laundry laundry basket. <laughs> And they didn't want the cat to get out. So what did they do with the lid? They just duct taped it down. <laughs> That's I'll say this. Not, not too bad of an idea. I mean, it really that. isn't actually. No, I just, it, you know, the, it was one of those plastic laundry hampers. Very, actually, oddly similar now that I think about it to a cat carrier with the big holes in the sides. That cat was well ventilated and super safe, but it was awesome. <laughs> Oh, and we were very lucky because it was a super nice cat. So we were able to just take off the hamper and reach way down in the, <laughs> the bottom of the laundry hamper and retrieve the cat for evaluation and treatment. But it really threw me off because I had no clue why she was walking back there with a hamper. That's a little zany. <laughs> what do you see on a semi-regular basis that pet parents do that we probably think, oh, this is what we should do. And you go, no, why are they doing that? They should not bring, you know, do this before they bring their, you know, dog or cat and even on a regular visit. <laughs> well, you know, what? I'll be honest with you, you know, Michelle, one of the things that always stands out to me, and it is a little bit different where you're at. You're in Florida where it's very, very hot. But I cannot tell you how many times people are so, so worried about their dog having a water bowl in the car or a water bowl as soon as they get to the vet clinic. And, you know, just like I don't necessarily take a cup of water with me everywhere. Um, I can go for a car ride without a without a, a cup of water. And you're right. Like it is really important if it's really, really hot outside for your dog to be well hydrated. But I can't tell you how often dogs that are sick, people are saying, oh, well, I want him to have a water bowl. And it's like, well, let's take a minute and evaluate him first and see if that's even a good idea. Cause sometimes we want to rest stomachs or, you know, the last thing a cat wants in with it in a car is a water bowl. That's like splashing and spilling water on it. So that's one thing I think I see kind of often. And there are certainly there are times and places where yes, you do want it, but most of us can withstand a car ride without a water bowl. So a little pro tip there. Speaking of water bowls and this, I did on another show of, mm -hmm. of pet products that are just ridiculous. And I saw in, I won't say the name, but it has a bullet. It's a popular store, you know, bullet target, you know, kind of thing. Anyway, I saw at this store, they had water bowls, plastic, just like flimsy plastic mm -hmm. water in it with a seal over it that they were selling for $2. Why would anybody want to buy this? I don't know. And like a three pack for six bucks. 
why now it's not to say i've seen water bowls that are collapsible those are great mm -hmm. you can get a bot if you're in target already get a bottle of water if you just need to stop <laughs> and get water somewhere for your dog and you could always you know buy a little plastic bowl for probably for less but <laughs> I, I saw amount. it and then yeah. a few weeks later, I saw it on clearance. They were get ridding it. But Good. what made someone think this needs to be sold? Like disposable water for dogs? Probably not a thing that you need. I'm going to be honest no, never, never. Yeah. No, you know. Yeah, you're right. Your money's probably better spent getting a water bowl that you can wash and reuse and just putting water in it from time to time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I joke sometimes. I'm like, that sounds like a solution for something that's not a problem. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. That would so, be a wacky one. Yeah. I guess. Okay. In closing, let's think, what are some of the things that I just give us, there's probably a whole bunch, one or two things that you are grateful when pet parents do this, when they come into your practice. Oh, you know, one of the big things, if they have a list or their dog's medications or their cat's or their guinea pigs medications with them. So we can see how many are left, what the exact dose is, how old it is, if it's still good. So I love those folks that either have them written down with expiration dates or have them in their purse or in a bag so that we can take a quick look and really know exactly what they've been on, exactly how long, and if we need to continue it and kind of go from there. So that's really, really handy, especially in an emergency setting where you're running off and you're like, oh my gosh, she's on this medication and it's a white pill. And we're just like, oh, we can't. <laughs> There's thousands and thousands of little white pills that dogs take in that, you know, we don't know. So that's probably one of the best things that pet parents can do. Or the other really great thing is actually having a good leash, a proper carrier. It's just so much less stressful for the pet and it's so much less stressful for us. Um, so that it seems silly. And I know so many great pet parents out there that are like, why wouldn't you do that? And I think the thing is, again, we see it certainly as in general practice, but even more so on emergency. As crazy as it sounds, when you're having an emergency, it's so important to take that deep breath, you know, that long breath and go, what do I need to help my pet and help the veterinarian so I can be part of our healthcare team and be a really helpful part of this emergency and medications and a proper carrier, proper leash are so, so important. I think this has been such a fun and informative yeah. show. So thank you so much. I think it's going to help a lot of pet parents out there. Good, good. Uh, you know, even if it's just they have the medication and, you know, we're so, <laughs> we're so techie these days. I mm -hmm. sometimes take pictures of everything. Oh, yeah. Put How convenient is that? When the doctor asks, I have to say, here, because... Yeah. That's one of the things and when someone's describing something to me and they say, well, it's a white pill or, it's a, or it was a carrier you had that had, you know, a zippered, you know, compartment. Yeah. So there's so many. How do you know, you know? Mm -hmm. but That's a great idea, Michelle. With smartphones these days, taking a photo of things is a great way to keep them handy. And then if you do have an emergency or you do worry, it's right there, right? Right. And you don't have to worry about, you know, you're freaking out. Because <laughs> yeah. here it is right there. You mm -hmm. know, and so many of those emergencies are on weekends or holidays or middle of the night. So, yeah. 
anyways, I would like to thank you, Dr. Dana, for coming on Best Bets for Pets and sharing all of these great veterinary tips. I think our audience probably had a lot of entertainment and a lot of great information for oh, good. what to do when they go to the vet, what to be prepared for, and how to look for a, new, a vet if they need to, you know, change their vet in the near future. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you so much. And I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. So again, thanks so much. I'd love to be back. Thank you, Michelle. Wow, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this show. I found it so informative and entertaining and a load of fun. And uh, I hope you did too. And thanks to my fur babes that have been to the vet with all of them. Nikki, Charlotte, Molly, Dennis. Dennis has had very many interesting vet stories and uh, Sammy and Jeffer. So thanks. Thanks for crew. Thanks to Dr. Dana coming on Best Bets for Pets. And thanks so much to my Best Bets for Pets listening audience. And of course, last but not least, so important to our show. Thank you so much, Mark Winter, my producer, for making me and my guests sound amazing. So, hey, Keep listening. You never know what we have coming up on Best Bets for Pets. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.